are about to hear a life-changing message preached at the Kodesh Family Church in Memphis by the Reverend Kojo Orleans Lindsay. In this Sunday's message, Reverend Lindsay continues preaching on the topic of frugality. He teaches on the principles of the seven lean and the seven fat cows, as well as the principle of not needing supervision in your life. It is so important to learn from and to use the resources wisely in the years of the fattened cow. Do not eat everything up and learn to think of the lean years ahead. May you also learn to lead yourself for God rewards people who need little supervision to do the work of the Lord. May you use your resources wisely and may they bring you richness. So listen in to this anointed word and be blessed.
what will you give in return for his love will you yield and obey or just walk away jesus asking you today how deep is your love is your love how deep is your love he really needs to know that you're willing to surrender all all of your life to his will and his command that's the least that you can do da -da 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 -da. Oh, 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 oh how deep is your love how deep is your love he really needs to know that you're willing to surrender all of your life do his will and his command that's the least that you can do da -da 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 -da. Oh, 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 oh how deep is your love how deep is your love he really needs to know that you're willing to surrender should be here in service. Amen. Hallelujah. Look, Hebrews says in 10, around 10, 25, it says, don't forsake the fellowship is together. So some of us, you have missed, you didn't come Christmas Eve, you didn't come to the Christmas Eve dinner, you didn't do Christmas Day, you're not here today, you don't plan on coming the first Sunday of the year, your mind is already made up. Change your mind. We know what you're thinking. Amen. Come off Zoom and come and join us. We are here. Don't forsake the fellowship of one another, of being together. We can be together. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So now, I want us to rise to our feet and give God glory. Amen. And put your hands together for our very own Reverend Cujo Orleans Lindsay. Oh, give a loud hand clap to Jesus. Clap, 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 clap. Those who know your name, those who know your name, who can trust in you. There is no other, there is no other faithful God. Oh yeah, so loving and true. Those who know, those who know your name, for their trust, their trust in you. There is no other, other faithful God. So loving and true, sing, sing. Oh, how I love the name of Jesus. Sing, open your mouth. Oh, how I love His name so sweet. If you want to sing, go. Oh, sing, yes, you sing. Of course, you. 
Jesus, I bless your name and I thank you. I give you glory. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your perfect love that limitlessly gave us Jesus, oh Father, your only begotten Son, because you loved us. We pray that this love will come through. Show us your mercy. Let your word come. Let let your power come through. Let your anointing come through. Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. You may please be seated. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's something called teaching moments. Don't miss it. Okay, don't miss it. When you miss it, and then you bring your bicycle. Ah, why are you making a big fuss? But what the time that it happens, let it happen. Even if you postpone the punishment, at least address it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Ecclesiastes chapter, I think chapter um, says, uh, 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 11, 10, 11. Check it. it. Says, when sentence against an evil is postponed, it sets the heart of men to continue in their wickedness. That's what the scripture says. When the hearts, 8, 11, Exodus chapter 8, 11, 11. Watch this. All of you should use this, okay? Very important. Exodus chapter 8, and verse 11. I want to read it. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Okay, so timing is as important as the punishment. All right, so now when you wait too long, then it's settled. So don't let it settle. Thanks. Very important, okay? Huh. Look, look at the New Living Translation. Look at the New Living Translation. The New Living. Let's read it. It's even nicer there. New Living. When crime is not punished quickly, people feel it is safe to do wrong. Hey, clap for the love, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Well, listen. Hallelujah. Now, Luke chapter 16. We have been sharing about frugality, right? Frugality. Luke chapter 16 from verse 1. Bible says in New King James, he also, he also, Jesus said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. Who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this steward was wasting his goods. So he called him, called the steward and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship for you can no longer be steward in other words i'm firing you i'm taking the opportunity from you i'm taking the position from you you are no longer going to have this privilege okay mm -hmm. so he said you're no longer going to be a steward then the steward said within himself what shall i do for my master is taking away the stewardship from me I cannot dig. I don't have any skills. And I'm ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do. Now, after this message, you have to make a resolution what to do to prevent 
yourself from being fired from that opportunity, from that person. You see, firing is not only done from jobs. Divorce is a form of firing. Death is a form of firing. Yeah. Sometimes relocation, God has fired you from your current location. Yeah. Sometimes somebody leaving you. Sometimes finishing school, you've been fired from an opportunity that was there. You've been fired. God has taken the stewardship from you because you wasted the opportunity. Frugality is the wise and effective, profitable use of resources such that it gains, brings you the benefits it's desired to bring you. In other words, it brings you profit. So the resources could be human resources, could be job, could be a church, could be a relationship, could be a marriage, could be a parent, you know, could be a pastor that you have, could be an opportunity God gives you, could be a period of time, could be a school, okay? Could be a church, could be a denomination, could be as anything that, let's take it this way, anything that you have is an opportunity, it's a resource. Because the Bible says, we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain that we will take nothing out. Therefore, having food and raiment, I think it's First Timothy uh, chapter 6. Let us therewith be content. We brought nothing into this world. Check, check uh, First Timothy chapter 6, and let's see. I think it's verse 5 or 6. Be content with such things as ye have. Okay, 6. Verse 6. First Timothy chapter 6. Okay. Um, aha, good. Verse 7. We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we will carry nothing out. Watch this. Now, if somebody creates you, God has created you, and you came with nothing, he's telling you that everything you will need from beginning till you go again naked as you came, I'll make provision for everything. I want you to see life differently, okay? Everything you have now, you didn't make it. You don't own it. You are in stewardship. The sign of stewardship is that you don't own it and you will leave it before you leave. Yeah. Anything that you can't carry when you are leaving is not yours. It means it's a lease. Life, even your breath is a lease. Yeah. Everything we have is a lease. And God has put the resources here. And he's watching how people manage it. Those who manage it well are the ones that he promotes, that he gives more. That's why I said to if the, you know, the one with the talent, said the one who had five, he worked and added five. And the man said, well done, good and faithful steward or servant. Steward or servant. Because you have been faithful with the little I gave you, you've added that to it. I will make you ruler. I will put you in charge. I will give you authority over greater things. When you see greater things accruing from little things, God is rewarding somebody's faithfulness. When you see a child who got something from the parent, but now it's getting more, God is blessing you because you have been faithful with that parent. And something inside has been moved by the Lord to actually expand on you more. So the master said, 
You have been, and God calls it an accusation. An accusation comes to the father that you are wasting what he gave you. You are not using it profitably. You, are, you don't seem to understand what you have. And so when you see these things, okay? Now, when I say this, you may not understand. Sometimes you may actually be with your parent, but you've lost your parent. Because they are not favoring you anymore. They feel nothing like blessing you anymore. You know, when Esau sold his birthright, he didn't know that he had lost the father. The only essence of the father is to pass on the inheritance. At the time that it was time, even the father said, I don't feel anything like blessing you. Go and bring me venison, let me eat, so that my soul may bless you. When you are a father who needs a bribe to bless you, you've lost the father. He's as good as dead. You need a bribe. You need somebody to talk to them before they say something good about you. Yeah. You need, that, that's not, so, so it was not there. He had wasted his birthright. So God is telling us here that, what is this that you're doing? I have received a report about your activities, that the resources I gave you, you are wasting it. You're wasting it. Okay. So what we're teaching you is how to manage God's resources such that you will benefit. God will, just like the Matthew 25 scripture, the talents, the skills, the blessings, the opportunities, the relationships, the, the, the gifts that God gave you. God is capable of multiplying it. Yeah. And it's in the business of multiplying people who use resources well. That's why he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Because you've been faithful with little, I will make you ruler over more. There's always an upgrade. Yeah. If I am faithful with what God has given me here, it will upgrade. So frugality is a teaching that makes all of us understand that, look, one time I went to somebody uh, in a relationship, in a marriage, and the, the, the husband said, I'm leaving the marriage. And I said, why? He said, look, I've been accused. I mean, I've been accused of doing something that I want. I don't, I'm not valued anymore. The, the, this person does not seem to value the relationship. Please, I'm leaving. I had to talk to the person and talk to the person. But the understanding that I got was that this person who does not appreciate this relationship is about to be fired, to lose it. Do you get the point? May you never be fired in Jesus' name. So, it's very important. How do you prevent being fired is what we are teaching. How do you get upgraded? Now, this guy resolved that I would do something better. This guy did not get fired. Eh? He was about to be fired. Then he got the teaching of frugality. And then he said, I don't know what to do now. I have resolved, verse 4. Luke 16, verse 4. I have resolved what to do. That when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. And he did a certain thing, changed his character, and actually the master, then verse 8, he did all the right things, he went to do some maneuvers. So the master commended this unjust steward because he had dialed wisely or shrewdly. 
for the sons of this world are more shrewd or wiser in this generation than the sons of light. In other words, it looks like the wealthy people know the wisdom of causing the opportunities to upgrade better than Christians. That's what the Lord is saying, that it's not enough to be a Christian. Your Christianity does not guarantee you an upgrading of life. If you don't know, if you're somebody who is wasteful to God's resources to you. And he says, the unbelievers, they seem to realize, I don't have any God to pray to. I, don't have, I better be wise so that this thing will be upgraded. Those principles don't change just because you're a Christian. You have to be wise with the use of resources. You may be a Christian, you may be fasting for 35 days, 40 days and nights like Jesus Christ. But if you are not wise, and you go and you go and you are rude to your boss, you will still be fired. Yeah. Do you get the point? So God was telling the, the, behave yourself, you children of light, learn the shrewdness or the wisdom of managing resources. And so we started by saying there are principles that you have to always apply. The first principle is a principle of valuation. You have to put value on everything you have so that you, when you are throwing it away or you are misbehaving, you say, hey, this thing has value. I better behave well. Yeah, you better behave well. And the last time I told you how to value things, think, put value numbers on the things, okay? And you see yourself, say, those who don't have what you have, how are they like? And what will your life be if this thing was not there? Yeah. I told you all that how to value. Right. Seven steps on valuing things. And I told you that don't wait till you lose it. See people who have lost it and what they are feeling and then apply the wisdom to yourself. And I said, always, when you wake up, thank God for the little things that you have. And thank resources that you have. If it's human beings, if it's parents, say thank you to them. Brothers and sisters, spouse. I mean, lady pastor should come to me and say, thank you. Thank you for marrying me. Yeah. I should be able to go, her, go to her and say, thank you. Thank you for marrying me. When she gives me food, I should be able to say, thank you for the food. She bought a gift for me. I, last night, I didn't say anything. This morning, I went to her and said, please, thank you. And I told her, please, this is mine. Don't use it. <laughs> Clap for Jesus. But I went to her and said, thank you. And I told her, I'm going to apply this. This is very good. I really appreciate it. And I said, by the way, I, I haven't bought anything for you. So uh, will you forgive me? So no problem. I will buy something for myself from your money. I said, good. Good girl. Hallelujah. Amen. So value things. Put value. A mother is different from your boyfriend. Because of a boyfriend, you say, I'm, I'm getting out of this house. You don't understand. Then, second principle, principle of timely valuation. Don't just put value to the thing, but put value to the thing at the right time so that you benefit. Sometimes you put value on school. When your whole hair is going gray, your brain is also growing gray. Now you are going to school, but you are failing. <laughs> So it's time you, you shall put value on education at the right time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Bible says there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. Young people, last week we learned that the advice the little children give the professor. When you are young, education is far more important. When you grow, money is more important. So when you're going to school and you take a second a job and you're always at the job and you fail your exam, your priorities are wrong. The same reason why you lost your education, you will not have it. You lost education because of money. You will not make money. 
Yeah, because because of money, you lost your education, and now you can't make the money too that much. Do you get the point? So timing is important. Timing is important. It's very, very important. Yeah, very important. Last week we told you that David was told that, oh, you are worth more than 10,000 of us, so you don't go to war. They, they kill 10,000 and they leave you alive. It's better. That's valuation, putting numbers to it. Do you get the point? Yeah. And then I told you about Esau and uh, Jacob. Porridge, you give por you take porridge and you give birthright. What else? I mean, how? You don't understand. And then later on, she now got the value. When it was time for the father to die and he was blessing, now is the time that now he realizes the value. The value now has been realized, but too late. Timely valuation has not come. And then we read from the scripture. Remember the scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse number 10. Message. Message. Oh, the good old days. Timely. People who don't value things in the right time, they always say, ah, if only I knew. Oh, the good old days. He said, said, do not say, why were the former days better than these? For, I said, new living translation. I mean, message. Message. Uh Uh-huh. Message. Message. Do you get the message? Good. Ecclesiastes 7.10. It says, don't always be asking, where are the good old days? Wise folks don't ask questions like that. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Value. Some, look, your relationships, they are not there for life. Eh? Death is there for everybody. The Bible says it's appointed unto man to die. Every man. Every man to die. And after that, the judgment. Don't wait till somebody is dead before you come and read tributes. Appreciate people. You bring roses, you bring all that. If you have any thanksgiving, thank your parents now. One parent called me after, you know, one day I was sleeping, a parent called me from far away. He said, Yo, Pastor, what are you preaching in the church? I said, why? He said, my children came to me. And they were floridly, very flamboyant about appreciating me. And they told me, Daddy, we have not thanked you enough. We have not appreciated. Thank you for giving birth to us, buying clothes, taking us to school, enumerating everything. The father said, my eyes were filled with tears. And he said, whatever you told them has changed my mind. Yeah. So the children came to him. He said, we want to appreciate you. We don't want to wait till something bad happens before we appreciate you. Principle of timely valuation. Yeah. Appreciate the church while it is here. Appreciate it while it is here. Appreciate it. Appreciate your spouse. Appreciate your school while you are in it. You finish school, you say, ah, I should have studied better. You now appreciate education, but at the wrong time. Principle. Then the next principle was what? The principle of gathering the cramps. Luke chapter, I mean, John chapter 6. Jesus Christ had two fishes and five loaves by a little boy and give thanks. And he broke it and he fed 5,000 people. After that, he collected the cramps, 12 basketfuls. Some people, they don't collect little things. They despise little things. But you see the attitude of Jesus Christ versus the attitude of Philip. Philip initially, first of all, he said, Philip and Andrew, oh, we have just two fishes and five loaves. What is it to so much multitude? It will be nothing. It will be nothing. It will be nothing. Really? But Jesus, he, I was appreciative of those. He thanked God for it. And he also 
was able to gather the fragments when it was finished. Some of us, the way we turn on lights, we don't turn it off. That's how we become poor. We start becoming poor. After we are paid, the money starts draining. Lights are turned on, water is turned on. We don't see those little things. Uh huh. You buy things, you don't bargain. Me, I bargain everything. Even if it's a it's label, I will bargain with you. And yeah, yeah. Even airfare tickets, I bargain. I bargain everything. The little amounts, the crumbs, those are the things that make you rich. Riches don't come because of your income, but because of your money, the holes in your pocket, which is equivalent to holes in the brain. Management. It's true. Most people, if you're in America, you compare what you earn to any other continent. You're blessed. But it's management, wise use of the resources, counting the crumbs, collecting change, uh -huh. collecting change, turning off the light, saving your coins. Yeah. People who don't appreciate, Bible says, despise not the days of small things. Who has despised the days of small things? I think it's Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 10. Yeah. You get the point. So little things matter. That's why there's a saying, little drops of water make a mighty ocean. I told you last week how somebody who was buying tennis shoes all the time never bought even a, 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 a bicycle for and paid. Everything was on mortgage. Everything was borrowed. Everything, including dresses. I said, stop wearing all these things and then save one by one. I say to the glory of God that today, the person has a house and is probably going for number two. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Yes, little, you take one tennis shoes and they cost a lot, eh? They cost a lot. They cost a lot. Yeah, I mean, this year I bought one pair of shoes. But I don't remember the last time I bought shoes. For shoes, they don't usually grow. They don't become small. You see? And ladies, you have a lot of clothes. You're buying, buying, buying. It's, that's the reason why the, the finances are a bit, you know, you know. I mean, nobody knows that you've not changed your wig. No problem. Just spray it with some nice fragrance. We will not know anybody. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Gather the crumbs. Gather the crumbs also means the little things. I appreciate, I appreciate these little children, teenagers. That's why the church will grow. You see, they will form a church. Yeah. If you don't appreciate your baby, you will never have an adult. Yeah. And I told you last time that the, the biggest giant started from a little egg. When I say sperm, you say pastor is poor, so I don't say sperm. But it started with an egg, but I won't say sperm today. Clap for Jesus. Because you say pastor is poor. So I've decided last week I said it, somebody said I was poor. So this week I won't say sperm, I say egg. Say egg. I didn't say sperm. I didn't say, don't, I should, should I say sperm? No, I won't say, clap for Jesus. Well, let's move on. Today, the next principle is the principle of the seven lean cows and the seven fat cows. Wow. You see the smile that I miss? It's here now. Clap for Jesus. Genesis chapter 41. Look, these principles, eh, if you do them, you will be very blessed. Blessed not financially only, relationship, in your parenting, in your child, whatever, in your schooling, in your job. I appreciate everything and I thank God every day. Look, I make mention of you to thank God for my spouse, of my children, of my boss. I make mention, thank God for them every day, of my job. Yeah. 
This morning, I told my wife, God has been good. And I said, you know, one day I told God, God, God bless you, okay? God, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I mean, I don't know whether I was saying the right thing, but I didn't know how to bless God. God, God bless you. I'm trying to appreciate my Christianity that I would have been a terrible person without Christ. Yeah, the way I am, the way I am, and the strength that I have by the grace of God. If I was an unbeliever, it's, I, would, I would be evil. Very horrible. Ah, uh, you can see that too. Yeah, it's true. Clap for Jesus. Uh, is that the way you've been thinking about me? Children are behaving. Adults are also misbehaving. That's bad thoughts about me all this time I'm preaching. May the Lord forgive you your sins. <laughs> Listen carefully. Genesis chapter um, 41 from verse 1. Watch this. Genesis chapter 41. And it came to pass uh, at the end of the two full years that Pharaoh dreamed a dream. And behold, there stood by, he stood by a river. Keep going. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored cows, which were fat flesh. They had a fat flesh. And they fed in the meadow. Next. And behold, seven other cows or kind came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed. Thin cows, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other cows, kind, upon the brink of the river. Now, look at what happened, verse 4. And the ill-favored cows and the lean-favored cows ate up all the seven big, fat, well-favored fat cows. Then Pharaoh awoke, and he was trembling. What is this dream about? What is this dream about? What does it mean? And he was trembling. Now, so he didn't know what it meant. So then came Joseph. They said there's a guy who can interpret dreams. Then Joseph came from verse 29, verse 29. And he said, try to explain. Behold, there is coming seven years of great plenty throughout the land of Egypt. This is the interpretation. He said, you, what did they see? The dream was seven lean, ill, cachectic, lost weight, and frail cows. There was initially fat, big cows, fleshly. They were feeding. And then came lean cows, cachectic. And you know what they did? They came and they ate up the flesh cows, the big cows, after seven years. Now, watch the interpretation. It's a principle of frugality. Behold, no, verse 29. There comes seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. Keep going. And there shall arise after those seven years famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine shall consume the land. Keep going. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the lean or the famine following for it shall be very grievous. Keep going. And for that, the dream was, because of that, the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because this thing is established by God. It is, it's no doubt. And God will surely bring it to pass. Now, watch this. So he said, now therefore let Pharaoh look out for a man discreet wise, set him over the land of Egypt. Look at the wisdom. Keep, keep going. 
Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part, 20% of everything that they will gather in the seven years of fat cows, seven years of plenty. Say, put away 20%. Keep going. And let's gather all the food for those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in every city. Okay? And that food should be for the storage in the land against the seven years of famine that has coming, are coming, which shall be in the land of Egypt, so that the land does not perish during the famine. Wow, clap for the Lord Jesus. Let me explain this to you in practical terms. In everybody's life, eh, there's going to be the years of the seven fat cows, the years of plenty, the years of youthfulness, the years of strength, the years you can work, the years that you can have a baby, the years that you can have children, the years that you are strong, and that they're always, there's never, never stays permanent. Life is in cycles, eh? Today you are flourishing, tomorrow you may not be flourishing. Today you have money, tomorrow you may not have money. But it's not a problem, because that life is in cycles. Even there's day and there's night. And the reality of, Russell, uh-huh, don't go Chinese, okay? The reality of the fact is that most of the light that we generate in the night comes from the light that we stored up in the day, solar energy. Yeah. I just recently went to the airspace, the Canada State Station, and, you know, whatever, to go and look. When they, are, they went, when they are going on mass, they are using energy stored from the sun to power, because it's very cold. You get the point. Now, what it means is that everybody's life is like that. Today, you look great. I still remember an auntie of mine. Today, she's looking very old and frail. When she was rich, the way she treated people. When you are rich, when you have money, when you are in, in a good situation, make sure you save. God says 20%. Don't eat up all. God says give tithe. That's a form of storage for him. Because he'll bless you. But save. Save. That is the years of plenty. Because the years of leanness are coming. Even if you get rich all the time, there are going to be years that you are not strong to work anymore. How? What will you eat? What, where will the investment be? It's the truth. Even your brain power is not there all the time. It's in cycles. The church is not young all the time. The church is here. Today we have a lot of people. What are the people going to do when we have young people like you? Are we going to use the strength to grow the church? And, or we're going to wait till we're very old and we said, oh, the good old days. What God is telling is that, be wise, eh? Your life is made up of the stage of the seven fat cows. My father was very rich at a point. Very rich. Yeah. But I didn't see it. Many people tell me the things that he did for them. When I grew up and I was going through medical school, it was a struggle. Yeah. And you know, my father was a very wise man. He invested in all of us in education. One of the things that he told me that he didn't do right, he built a family house, never built a house for himself or his family, children. You see, so he did the work in the family house. He also had a nightclub and a beer. 
everything was in there. So when things went thin, there was nothing else. Yeah, there was nothing else. Because the fat years were not seen as a time to expect. No, some of Christians are very superstitious. They say, oh, nothing bad will happen. It's not a curse, it's wisdom. Bible says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12, the wise man sees the evil from afar and hides himself, but the fool goes on and they get punished. Yeah. Young people, when your parents are there taking care of you, it's the year of the fattened calf. Very soon, you'll be on your own. Then you will see that life is real. And if you didn't take advantage of the time they were taking care of you, to go to school where you have no fees to pay. There will come a time, you're too grown, even paying fees for you will look abnormal. But that's when you will appreciate education. The lean season is here, but perhaps you didn't get the background to even move forward. There's always, life is always like that. As I'm here, any time that I see old people, I learn a lesson from them. One older auntie of mine, when she was young and solid and rich and strong, the way she treated many people, the way she treated them, those were the years of fat cow. She didn't know that the lean cow years were coming. Today is not the same. But you see, it's almost payback time. People don't like to come close to her anymore because they are afraid. You will get to her house and say, remove your shoes. Go under the tap and wash it with, scrub it with soap before you enter my house. And then you come and you shake her. No, don't shake me. No COVID, but elbows had working. She trained us about COVID before COVID came. Yeah. <laughs> to eat with you. No, no, you're too, you're not clean. Those were the years of the fat cow. When you are great, how do you treat those who are small? Because the people you meet on your way up, they are the same people you meet on your way down. Clap for Jesus. So me, learning from my auntie, at this stage of my fat house, I'm making friends with young people. I'm being nice. Recently, I told myself, I'm going to enjoy everybody and create good relationships. Because those are the years. I said, if I have something and I'm going to a restaurant, this afternoon, I'm taking some people to a restaurant. I'll pay for them to eat. Clap for Jesus. Yeah. Everybody who's here, who is 18, between the years of 18 and 35, I'm taking you to lunch today, by the grace of God. 18 and 35. If you are less, you are not part of it. If you are older, you are not part of it. Clap for Jesus. 18 and 35. 18 and 35. Go away, you are 78. <laughs> Listen, oh no, 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 get, get this. I am applying the principle. Yeah. Today I can afford restaurant, maybe tomorrow. I don't know what will happen. But you'll be surprised that these same children will be inviting me. Can you come and, not restaurant food, eh? I want to fly you to just come and spend the weekend with us. Clap for Jesus. Yeah. I told myself, today I have the voice. Let me speak into their lives. Let me counsel them. Let me rebuke them. Let me correct them. Let me invest in them. Because I don't know when I'll get the opportunity again. Yeah. Today I have 
what it takes to preach to you. Let me do my best because there will be lean years where you cannot do. Yeah. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. He said, remember uh, the, 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 the Lord in the days of your youth. Remember, those are fat calf years. Eh? Remember your creator in the days of youth. While the evil days have not yet come, nor the years draw near, when you shall say, I have no pleasure in them anymore. And everybody will come to that stage. This time, when I see anybody old, I respect and I draw towards them. I ask for wisdom on how to behave in the years of the lean years. Renee, you have money now. You won't have it forever. Be wise now. This is a time for investment. This is a time to save. This is a time to tithe. This is a time to serve God. It's not going to be the case all the time. Yeah. Some of you, you can serve God now, but the lean years are coming. John 9, 4 says, I must work the work of him that sent me while it is still day. For the night cometh when no man can work. Have strength now. Have strength now. I have strength now. Let me do it. It's a year, the fat calf. Some of you, when you are rich, you are very pompous. You just want to flaunt and show up by cars and show up. All that you do, you won't help the orphan. You won't help somebody's child who is not doing well. You won't give to somebody as a seed. You know, that was says, cast your waters upon the waters. For after many years, they will come to you. Everything that you give, you look at somebody who can really bless you before you give. You will never give to somebody who can't give you back. You will never give to the weak, to the poor, to the little. To the, to, you never give to those. Anybody you give is because you know you're going to get something back. That's not it. Lean cows. What do they have? Lean cows years are coming. Be wise, eh? Be wise. Tell somebody, be wise. Build a house when you can. Be wise. Be nice. Be wise and be nice. Be wise and be nice. Otherwise, you regret it. The lean years. Look, Egypt became rich because they took that principle well. Use the resources and the opportunities God has given you. Look, young people, school is the years of the fat calf. Your IQ is highest. Your brain is the most, the space that you have there, that they can make storage and study. This is the time. The lean years are the years now you have no choice but to work. But you haven't finished school. The lean years have come. What did you do? What did you do for the years when God blessed you? What did you do? It's time to sow a lot of seeds everywhere you go so that the Lord will bless it. Put your hands together for Jesus. Again, that scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 10, reminds me. It says, don't go saying, why are the old days better? Because you didn't make use of the old days. That's when. It says, why people don't speak like that? Don't always be asking, why are the good old days? Wise folks don't ask such questions. Because they made preparation. When they were in the good old days, they made preparation for the bad new days. Yes. 
So the lean cows came, swallowed the old, but there were some that were put aside. It will never affect you. Clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. Always think that way. Always think that way. You eat everything that you have. No, that's not happening. Save some. Save some. Now you eat to the point where you go into credit card. What will happen if you lose a job now? God forbid. What will happen if you fall sick now? God forbid. Are you going to move out of your house? Are you now going to, I mean, your children have to now get out of school? Think about the lean years all the time. It's not bad faith. It's not a bad confession. It's wisdom. Amen. The next point I want to give before we go is the principle of not needing supervision. That's how you become frugal, not needing supervision. If you are somebody who needs supervision all the time, you wouldn't do well. Proverbs chapter 6. Let me read from verse 6. He says, go to the ant. Go. We're, not going to, we're going to teach you something we call the ant wisdom. The wisdom of the ant. Little ant. You know, that insect ant. Go to the ant. You sluggard or lazy person. Give me New King James. Consider her ways and become wise. What is that? Proverbs chapter 6 from verse 6. I'm going to read it to you. I'm talking about the... Now we finish the principle of the seven fat cows and seven lean cows. I'm going to the principle of needing no supervision. Go to the ant. You sluggard or you lazy. Consider her ways and be wise. Verse 7. Keep going. Which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, no supervisor... Ant has no supervisor, but look at what they do. Keep going. Provides her supplies in summer so that it can gather her food in the winter or the harvest. Clap for Jesus. Have you seen ants before? When they are going in lines, they have these white, white things. It's your food they stole. When you are asleep, you thought it was garbage. You put it in the garbage. The ant needs no supervisor. When it is summer, in winter, they don't come out here. Eh? That little thing, one, and then they are in a line. They are going sugar, bread, little thing. They take little ant, a little ant is going without supervision. Summer, you see them through summer. They are a nuisance. Every thing they put, oh, the ants have come around. Then you are cleaning. Then you are cleaning. No problem. We'll bring more. And then they gather. You know where they take it? They go and hide them. They go and hide them. They go and hide them. When winter comes, they can't come out because of the temperature. But they gather their food. And they have enough for the harvest. Clap for Jesus. This includes the principle of gathering the crumbs, the principle of lean cows and fat cows. But there's a new principle here. It's called the principle of needing no supervision. Have you seen a supervisor with the ants before? They don't need any supervisor. They have discretion. They have understanding. Anybody who your work you always need supervision. You don't get promoted. Because the manager has to employ somebody to make sure you do your work well. Has to employ somebody to make sure you are coming early, you are leaving at the right time, you are doing your work that is done. Operate at your workplace such that you are like a manager. When they say something, they say it once. You do it perfectly. When they say, come at 8, come at 7.45. Let your boss say, oh, when it comes to this guy, I don't need to supervise him. When they are looking for somebody to now take the job of the supervisor, you will definitely be next. Clap for Jesus. 
principle of not needing supervision. Some of you, if it wasn't for pastor, you would never do your quiet time. Yeah, because you always need supervision. They have to ask you, did you do your quiet time? You have to ask you, did you do? They have to set things. Now, when you become somebody who doesn't need supervision, you wake up in the morning, all straight, you're on your quiet time, reading your Bible, praying. In the dark, where nobody is, you still walk in obedience to the word. You are on your way to receiving an anointing from the Lord, to becoming a shepherd, for God to use you to do great things. Needing no supervision. This church, Apostle Joel has never come here to see. How many people are sitting here? Did you come to church on time? What did you preach? Nothing. I am without supervision, but I'm doing my best by the grace of God. I don't need supervision to do this. Nobody has supervised me in my home. How am I marrying my wife? How am I training my children? Nobody. As I said that I'm going to take these people, these young people, nobody has instructed me. I, I didn't get it from an overseer. It was self-instructional. You have to learn to lead yourself. David said in Psalm 103, I believe it's Psalm 103, is it correct? Uh, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul. Is it Psalm 103? He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Do you know what that means? Is David telling David, so, bless the Lord, okay? He's supervising himself, needing no supervision. He was there as a little boy in the wilderness, and he was writing psalms, worshiping God, taking care of the bears. When uh, uh, the, the sheep, when the bear comes, you fight it. When the lion comes, you fight without supervision. Nobody knew what he was doing inside there, but God saw. And when it came to finding a king, he, Abishai, you go back. Nadab, you go back. I don't need you. You may be in the military, but I don't need. I've seen this guy's heart in secret, and I think he's the best person to become king. God rewards people who need no supervision when it comes to his work. You don't need to be called to come to church, for example. If somebody has to call you, has to wake you up, has to ask you, why didn't you come to church? My brother, you are just, you don't have the wisdom of the ant. If you're always late for work and always being reprimanded, you don't have wisdom of the ant. And therefore, you're not likely to be as successful as little ant. That your little ant is a wise person. Learn from her. I'm not talking about your auntie, your, the aunt in your house. That when you see, you just put your feet on and then you bang, and then you kill, you kill. Instead, when, next time you are killing an aunt, stand there and say, are you as wise? You are killing a wise person. How wise are you? <laughs> next time you see an aunt, say, do I have the wisdom? As you're going, little person, do I have the wisdom of this? Do I need supervision? Do I need reminders all the time? No. You see, let me tell you, when everybody we start off needing supervision, children, you need supervision. The children that at a point, they don't need supervision, they make their bed, they clean the dishes, they wash everything, they cook without telling them, watch those people, you will be blessed. They have the wisdom of the hand and that thing carries through. Don't take it for granted. Every time you have to be told over and over and over against the same thing, you're not likely 
to be rich. You're not likely to do well because you don't have the wisdom of the ants. You are not likely to have a harvest if you have to be told over and over again. It's true. I preach over and over again, for example, for people to serve in the church. Some of you are still sitting there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have the wisdom of the ant. Yeah. Now they have to call you to come and clean the church. Cleaning of the church only. Join the choir. Come for choir rehearsal. They have to now give you something before. You need a supervisor to carry you. You need incentives. No, it's not a good thing. Yeah. And the Bible says that if you go on through that, it says that, you see, watch the lazy. You know, he's talking about the lazy. He says that needing supervision is all usually a sign of laziness. He said that, watch. He said, consider the ant, you sluggard. God only can tell you, you lazy girl, you lazy boy. I can, if I say you leave the church. So let me quote God. You can't leave God. Yeah, bring it up. Proverbs chapter 6, verse, it says, you sluggard. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Who needing no supervision, having no supervisor or overseer or ruler. He gathers, he, he picks up actually the things that he needs in summer. And so that he can have a harvest of food in the winter. Go and learn from him. So he says that it's a sign of laziness. Yeah. Whenever you need supervision and you're always being told, tell yourself you're a lazy girl. Tell yourself you're a lazy boy. And don't say it as an accusation. Say it as an encouragement. I'm advising you, change your ways. You're lazy. Tell yourself, I'm not going to be told a second time. I'm going to do it because it was said once. Once. And I'm going to do it. I was sent here. Apostle has not had to come and see what I do. It's true. And in the place of promotion, it's those people. Those people that you need to tell them everything all the time. That's why they put them, they put whatever on them. What? They have to clock in. Because I can't trust you that you'll come. But very soon, when you do very well, they promote you. You don't need to clock in. Yeah. But some places, they clock in. The fact that you're clocking in doesn't mean you're lazy. Some people, that's their policy. That's their policy. So don't write to me as a pastor. You see, huh? I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. You see that? Uh -huh. But learn it. Learn the wisdom of the end. These are frugal, frugality principles that when applied, your life will be different. Your life will be different, needing no supervision. Does the pastor have to be there for you to behave well? Then you are not like the ant. You are lazy at doing what? But you are not a lazy person. You are better than the ant. You are bigger than the ant. You are wiser than the ant. You have the wisdom of the ant. And I believe there are two more principles that I will share. There's a principle calling the, called the principle of not chasing fantasies. I love that. That's one of my favorites. Yes, people walk in delusions and they don't even understand why things are not happening. God willing, till we come your way again the same time next week, this is your usual host, Reverend Kojo Orleans Lindsay, signing off. Put your hands together, rise to your feet. Are you going to be wiser? Yeah. When you wake up in the morning and somebody has to remind you, to do your quiet time, you know that the ant wisdom is not coming. Put your hand on your heart. You see, when we are doing worship and you can't lift your hands, somebody that praise and worship leader has to tell you before. Not good. Yeah.
the word of God, when you hear it, do it once. Do it once. Do it once. You'll be blessed. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, look at your people. Bless your people. With the spirit of frugality. With the wisdom of frugality. You value things. The principle of valuing in time. Gathering the crumbs. Needing no supervision. I pray, oh God. Let all these principles be with us. When we have fat cows, may we remember the years of the lean cows. Blessed with wisdom. Let everybody be ministered to according to your will. Now today, if you're here, it's your opportunity to serve God, to give your life to Jesus. You may be watching me on Zoom. You may be right here in this church. This wisdom. You don't need supervision to give your life to Jesus. Just do it. For it's appointed unto men once to die after that the judgment. When it comes to your judgment, may you come with the blood of Jesus so that God will say, yes, this is one of mine. This is your opportunity to make connection with God. Give your life to Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus right here. All you need to do is lift up your right hand. I'll pray a short prayer with you. Anybody who wants to give your life to Jesus who is here, lift your right hand and I'll pray a short prayer with you. This is your time. You may be on Zoom. Let's say this together. Say, Almighty Father, I come to you just as I am. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus Christ because I know that I'm a sinner. But I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He died for me. God raised him from the dead. By this faith, I am born again. I am a child of God. Satan, I have no dealings with you again. I belong to Jesus. Because my name is written in the book of life. Thank you, Father, for giving me your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Weren't you blessed by that anointed word of God? Come join our services this and every Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on Zoom at meeting ID 934-809-4313 or in person at 5796 Shelby Oaks Drive, Memphis, Tennessee. Be blessed.